Welcome back, everybody. We got a brand new episode for you guys today. Uh, Christoph won't be joining today. Uh, he has to rest up from an event he had this weekend. Uh, so he's going to be sleeping probably for a lot of today and uh, resting his mind, body, and soul. So with that being said, um, I got my wife joining us. Uh, so Paige, this is uh, the podcast. Podcast, this is Paige. Say hi. hi. <laughs> well, I appreciate her joining because I think a good episode today um, that will definitely pertain to her and I is uh, bodybuilding while in a relationship or being in a relationship while bodybuilding, uh, however you wanted to look at it. There has been this notion for for many, many decades, all the way back in Arnold's era, where relationships can't last in bodybuilding and you shouldn't be with someone while you're bodybuilding and you should wait till you're done, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's more and more prevalent today that we see relationships, uh, within fitness industry, within bodybuilding, um, you know, most pros that I can think of off the top of my head do have a girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever it is. Um, so it's, it's definitely doable. A lot of, a lot of male bodybuilders, they do take the time to focus on themselves during it. Um, I know plenty that are like that as well. Uh, they, they wait until they're done. They wait until they can settle down um, and kind of stop competing for them to, you know, find someone and to start a family and start a life and everything with that family. But uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case for you just because you are bodybuilding, just because you are focusing on yourself in the gym does not necessarily mean that you don't have the room for somebody else in your life. Uh, but the key thing is, is that you need to find the right person. Uh, you know, I've been in the, you know, lifting and training and all of that for, for multiple years and years before I met my wife. And, uh, I knew that when I met Paige, that, uh, this, this passion of mine wasn't going to be a problem, uh, cause I knew she was going to support me from the beginning. And, um, I kind of set those expectations right away. Like, look, you know, bodybuilding is inherently selfish and, I'm sorry if, you know, anything comes across that I'm trying to make it a priority or anything like that, but it's, it's not to, it's, you can, I've said it in different episodes, we can have multiple priorities. Um, my wife is definitely one of my top priorities, if not my top priority. Um, it's the reality. It is. Um, so, uh, but bodybuilding is also a priority of mine too. It's, it's what I do for myself. Uh, so, you know, I got my wife and dogs after that and then job and, bodybuilding ultimately. So, um, you can have multiple priorities. It's okay to balance that. You don't have to have, you know, all of your, your, you know, uh, eggs in one basket when it comes to how your life is structured. So kind of want to talk today about, um, how we get through things and how we kind of structure, um, you know, our days and our weeks and stuff like that <clears throat> with me going to the gym for an hour, hour and a half every day, not to mention the meal plans and, um, you know, work with my coach, changing things up, uh, and, you know, anabolics and all of that, how that affects me, how that affects us. And, um, you know, down the road, once I start prep this summer, most likely, um, how that's going to affect us. And so kind of give you guys a, um, you know, more insightful view into a relationship within bodybuilding and, you know, maybe down the road, we can reapproach this, uh, from a, you know, maybe a competition standpoint, you know, what it's like to be, in our relationship while we are competing or while I'm competing and, um, you know, how my mental state is affecting us and, you know, how my physical state is affecting us, uh, leading up to the show, especially for peak week. So, um, with that being said, um, 
you know, you've, you've been with uh, a bunch of, uh, well, not a bunch, but like you've been with dirt bikers in the past and a pro bunch. racers, not a bunch. That's how we're gonna start this. <laughs> yeah. You've been with, you've been with racers in the past and, you know, it's a similar passion where they focus on their, their competition. So what do you, how do you see it in your mind? Is it like, how do you let it affect you? I see. I, it depends on who it is with you. I feel like you do a good job with balancing the gym and our home life, our relaxation time. I know that you try to go to the gym while I'm at work or a little bit. It might kind of flood into our home life, but not a whole lot. Um, guys that I've dated in the past, it is not as simple as that. Um, but it really just kind of depends on the type of person you are and how much you want that relationship to work. If it's not a very important relationship to you, if it's a short-term relationship, of course, you can be like, nope, the gym is my number one priority. You're on the back burner. And sometimes I do feel like that. Sometimes I do feel like that. But I would say 98% of the time, I feel pretty important to you. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, that's my goal. Um, but, I mean, with, with the schedule – is there something that you don't like about me hitting the gym? Like what are the aspects of, you know, what I do that you don't like? The only one that really bothers me probably is the weekend and you have one rest day on the weekend. And then the other day you normally go to the gym. So that can kind of be annoying when I want to go do something. I'm going to TJ Maxx or I mm-hmm. want to go see my parents. We kind of have to schedule everything around the gym and your meals. That's mm-hmm. really annoying. Um, but you hitting it during the week doesn't really do, doesn't really affect me any type of way. Cause you're, you go and then you come back by the time I get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I try, I try to do it when you're not home. So that way, when I'm done for the day, you're done for the day as well. We can both relax and structure my meals around that as well. You know, trying to make it so that when we are out doing things. I'm not carrying too much food with me. You know, I always got my lunchbox and And you mean my lunchbox. Yeah. Your lunchbox. It was (laughs) your lunchbox. Now it's my lunchbox. Um, you know, carrying that lunchbox with me and having my water jug with me, you know, being that guy who always, who always has a gallon jug with me. Um, I always try to make it so that it's easier. It's not so much like there have been numerous times where you have taken chicken to TJ Maxx and eaten it in the parking lot or (laughs) you had to rush me shopping so we can get back into the car so that you can eat your chicken because you're starving yeah so that's frustrating sometimes um like if we want to talk about the downside of things that a lot of things have to be structured around your meals and Mm-hmm. your gym times and like we don't go out to eat a lot with people because there's not a whole lot of things that you can eat out at restaurants and people want to go grab fast food and beer and we don't do that because mm-hmm. it doesn't really align with your priorities yeah i mean that's it's tough because it's like of course i want to enjoy those things with you guys but i can still have a good time like we went to that brewery last weekend I can still have a good time with you guys just because I'm not drinking. So, um, I mean, it's also the, the drinking aspect, like, you know, also comes from, you know, my family and, you know, the addictive properties that my genetics probably really has. Dog's chewing on a toy really loud. Um, so, you know, that's another reason why I do kind of stay away from alcohol. Um, there's a lot more that goes into alcohol than simply 
caloric intake or anything like that. Um, especially being, you know, I, I talk very openly about my anabolics. Um, even people around us, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to hide anything from anybody and I don't want to set, you know, any weird expectations or anything like that. Um, you know, especially with family, like they know I'm on, I'm on stuff. Um, and it does affect me kind of, you know, I'm very blessed that anabolics in general don't affect me mentally too much. Um, I know plenty of guys who, uh, it really, really gets them mentally. And I know plenty of guys who really gets to them physically, uh, for the most part, I don't have too much side effects from anything that I take, but granted, we also have a focus of less is more. So I'm not taking too much to where it really does heighten everything. Um, so as far as like in quotations, roid rage, uh, I don't really have much of it. Um, Wednesday was pretty, was pretty rough. <laughs> so Wednesday I had a very rough day and the, the icing on the cake is I popped my tire and my main source of income right now is gig work for my car until I start my new job. So, um, that was a very hard day, uh, for me, especially being on 1am now, which is pre, uh, um, primo and testosterone, which I've talked about before. And so it's, it, it, it's not quite explosive anger. It's more just like deep, deep down, like fucking like, like a volcano, like just lava, just brewing on the inside. But for the most part, I express that anger and I get it out in the gym. Um, that's why rest days are re relatively hard for me to get through because a lot of my anger, a lot of my steam, I blow, I, I, I blow off a lot of steam in the gym. So uh, that helps a lot. But um, I was going to say we were talking about meals and all of that. Um, there's something I was going to ask you right after that. I've been drawing a blank now, but um, as far as like with, with the topic of anabolics, how did you like, did you notice any immediate differences when I did start taking, I think it was 2021 was my first cycle. Did you kind of notice anything right away or was it kind of the same for me? Um, maybe a little heightened here and there or whatever. Um, what was it that was kind of different? Yeah, to be honest, I don't, remember any of that I have a pretty bad temper myself so I don't think I really pay too much attention to it mm -hmm. I remember that one day you spilled your drink and you threw the paper towel across the room yeah so this is very the, angrily yeah very that's my favorite memory of you yeah yeah that was my first like probably real like semi-explosion in front of you yeah I think. you're very mild tempered and it takes a lot I did notice that when you were having the two rest days that you were more aggravated easily. Was that two in a row or was it? Yeah. Two? Okay. Yeah. That you were dying to get back into the gym because you yeah. were just so frustrated at the world. Yeah. But, and I would say like Wednesday, I noticed mm -hmm. that your temper is. It was rough. I was, I was very angry the whole day. Yes. Um, but other than that, I don't think I really notice. Okay. You're pretty even even tempered. Yeah, I do. I'm not. So I feel like you try to balance that out a little bit. Yeah, I try to, uh, growing up, uh, for those that know me knew that I have, a, I had a very bad temper growing up. And I think a lot of it kind of stemmed from, um, being cooped up in school all day. I hated school, middle school, high school. I hated all of it besides, you know, I'm tech, I went to tech school. So my shop, I enjoyed my shop. Graphic design was every other week. I was, I was there the whole week. Um, so I did enjoy that, but 
outside of that, you know, the academic side of things, I couldn't stand it because I was just sitting cooped up all day from 740 to 240 every single day. Um, and then coming home and like playing just Call of Duty and just like just heightened anger all the time. So my temper was really bad at one point. Um, but I think that's part of the reason why my temper is much better now is because I've had to I've had to really work on getting my temper lower and you know getting that in a better place and i think the gym was a very very big key factor into fixing that um so the the explosion that she's talking about the paper towel there was one night i think i was like making you food and i was making me food and like i think i like brought over a drink i think it was like a coke zero or something and it like it was in a it was in a cup and i think i spilled it or something and then i had to pick it back up and oh i put it on the tray I think. And I put it down and it slipped because it was on the tray. And then I think I, when I cleaned up, I came back and I put it back down and it slipped again and spilled. And the paper towel that I was holding to clean the stuff up before, I like, like not really scream, but like I fucking yelled and then just whipped the paper towel across the room. I was so angry because all I wanted to do was just sit down and watch TV. And I had to get up like three times and clean the couch like to get the the coke out of it so that was very very frustrating but you'll always laugh every time it was so silly it was very silly but it's it's the it's little shit like that that gets to me like all i want to do is fucking sit down you know like when i so wednesday i was eating after the gym because i have to do doordash after the gym i was eating in the car uh, driving to my first delivery and as i was eating i went to grab i think the fork but i grabbed the lip of the bowl instead and accidentally flipped it so rice went all over my car. And so that was that was the first thing that made me upset. I was really, really angry, but I was calm for the most part because I was like, you know what? I can clean this up and be fine. It'll just wipe right off my pants, whatever. I, it's not like a liquid or something that like soaked me at least. So it's a solid, it's fine, it's dry, whatever. Um, and then I was working for two hours that day. I made 20 bucks in two hours. So it was a very slow day big waste of my time. I could have been doing way better things with my time. Um, and then on top of that, when I was finally starting to get some orders in, I hit a curb and popped my tire. So that called it for the day, not to mention it was raining. Um, so I had to change my tire while it was raining. So it was just a very, very angry day for me. Um, so that was, that was, that was hard to get through. And I told her, I was like, as I was getting home, I was like, this is the worst time for me to be on anabolics. Like this, like, not like, like I'm, we're, we have a plan, you know, so it's a, re- there's a reason I'm on what I am on right now, but like within life itself, not, you know, being between jobs, doing something I hate doing every day. This is a very hard time to be on, on this shit. It really gets to me. Um, but with that being said, um, I do remember what I was going to ask you. So we're talking about like alcohol and going out to eat and stuff like that. Um, something that a lot of guys don't take into account is that a lot of restaurants will serve mm-hmm. stuff like chicken breast. They will serve stuff like steak. Um, when you potentially know you're going to be going out somewhere to eat. Um, for me, I have steak and chicken every single day. Uh, one meal of steak, three meals of chicken. Now, thank God I'm not at five meals of chicken anymore. Um, so when we go out, I do plan on, you know, I look at the menu ahead of time. I look at, what is it? What's up?
sorry about that. Uh, there's somebody emptying stuff in the woods behind us. So we just knew the dogs were going to start barking. Um, so when you started to see like, so what I was saying was if we're going out somewhere, I almost always look at the, the menu ahead of time, figuring out what I'm going to get, if I'm going to get anything. Um, and kind of going from there, it was kind of weird at first to see that, like, did it, did it kind of throw you off? Be like, a little, yeah. I'm super picky. So I also like to look at the menu before I go places, but I do remember always being like, we need to go somewhere where Paul can get chicken and rice or Paul can get a plain steak or Paul can get whatever. Yeah. So it's normally very tailored around I mean, what you can eat. So that I think goes on the selfish side of things. Like yeah. my parents wanted to go to a seafood restaurant the other night and we couldn't go because we it's all, on. I it, can have shrimp. It's all fried. Oh, okay. So we couldn't no. go because everything is fried. And so we ended up not going there. We went somewhere no. else. So that side of things sucks. But I mean, I think but most of our friends and family, they know. So they yeah. don't really pick anywhere like that. And I know like when we go over to friend's house for dinner, they always ask, what can Paul eat? Yeah. What can I make Paul so that he can eat dinner with us? Because you're just so special that you have to have your own separate but meal. It does. It does show that we got good friends. Absolutely. Because they care. And it goes back to if you know that you're with somebody and you make them a priority, they make you a priority. Mm-hmm. Like you make me a priority. So I don't pick things that you're going to be miserable at because you can't eat. You can't drink. Yeah. Or I don't ever plan anything where you miss the gym because that's a big no-no. Yeah, but I mean, when we do have plans, I almost always adapt the gym around it. I don't have to hit the gym. I mean, during prep, that may be a little different situation. Like the last like two to three weeks, maybe before a show, I might actually need to hit the gym at a specific time every day. But right now, being in the off season, in quotations, um, it, it's not to the point where I have to hit the gym at five o'clock every day, or, and I have to eat this meal at three, then eat this meal at four, three, then eat this meal at seven. You know, so. If we have plans, then I can adapt the gym around it and go at this time or this time, whatever, speed it up or, you know, uh, you know, like last weekend, you know, I had like a 40 minute chest day so that we can, you know, after the seminar so that I can come back, shower and we can go out to that brewery that we went to. So right. I can adapt it, you know, <laughs> accordingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, most restaurants have some sort of chicken breast or some sort of steak or something like that. Or just plain usually. wings. Or yeah, just like a dry. Yeah, somebody's always got something for the most part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's very seldom do we ever have to be like, yeah, I can't have anything at that restaurant. And even then, I'm cool. Like, if we go to a restaurant, I can't have anything. I can get like a plain salad or something, and like some but that's water. That's boring. Yeah, but I mean, it's okay because I'm hanging out with people. You know, I'm hanging out with you guys. Yeah, it's mm. enough for me. Um, so as far as you know, that was, that was the food and everything. Um, what do you think of like my training? Like, is there, does it get frustrating when there's more cardio involved or like I come home sore and like complain about this or that or whatever? Like, is there anything that the cardio is annoying sometimes when you have to do like fasted cardio or like an extra half hour, whatever of cardio Mm -hmm. for a little bit, we were doing it together and we were like walking the dogs and that was really nice. I hate the summertime, so scratching that for then. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that can be annoying. Um, most of the time you like got up and did faster cardio before breakfast. So it didn't really affect me because I was still asleep. Mm-hmm. But I know sometimes like you try to get done with the gym and you're done by the mm-hmm. time I get home, but then you're like, Oh, I got to do 30 minutes of cardio. So that's an extra oh, like, that 45 mm-hmm. minutes that you're not at home and I'm not with you. Yeah. So that side of things sucked, but it's rare that you have to add on that amount of cardio and I don't feel like it's ever for like an extended period of time. Yeah. I don't know why you have to do that. Well, the cardio right now is just for health is just to keep my heart in a good place and, you know, keep my blood pressure in a good place because I am on what I'm on. So the cardio, cause so for those listening, cardio has a kind of two places within bodybuilding. Uh, in one in one way, cardio is very healthy for you. It's good to do cardio. There's this whole bullshit notion that you're going to lose muscle by doing cardio. It's not the reality. Um, but then cardio is also a tool that you can use to burn extra calories, especially when you're prepping for a show. So right now, um, I'm doing cardio for health reasons. Um, but in the past, when I've been cutting or doing a recomp, cardio would be used partially as a way to lose a little bit of extra weight. Um, so when the, the time that she was mentioned that was frustrating was the plan called for, I think it was four or five days of cardio a week um, for a half hour. But the, what, what I had to do was I had to have a meal between training and cardio. And at the time I was working um, until about, you know, five, five thirty. So I'd go to the gym, come back, eat, go do cardio at, at our apartment uh, gym and then come back. So even though like, I came back and saw her. I still had to go do another half hour of cardio, which sucked more out of the day. It's, it would have been better to essentially start cardio at the gym like I do now um, than it would be to – like it was It was better to do that than it is to um, have a meal between. But the, the plan essentially called for either fasted cardio or cardio post-workout after a meal. Um, and fasted cardio just was not happening. I mean I, I can't stand fasted cardio – I'll do it if I have to, but, uh, it's just, it, I'm miserable. I'm miserable when I'm doing, it. I have no energy, um, obviously no food in my stomach. Uh, and obviously that's the point of fasted cardio, but I just can't stand it. So if I can avoid it, I will. And that was the option I went with. And that did kind of weigh on us a little bit because, um, I was doing a lot of cardio during the week and, you know, I was doing it during the weekend at least. So we had the weekend, but during the week it was like, I didn't actually sit down to relax until like eight thirty, and then we go to bed for like 10. So I only really got to saw her for a little over an hour a day, really. Um, so that was, that was difficult. Um, cardio does weigh kind of on us because the training is almost always the same. I'm always there for like an hour, maybe a little bit more. And then I come home and I'm done. But with, with the cardio, it's way more added time, you know, half hour added adds up that shit adds up. So, um, that can become difficult. Uh, so how, how do you think it'll be? Cause I think I'll be probably in prep by then. So we got a trip in the middle of June to Florida. So how do you think it's going to be with me in prep in Florida? Because it, the, the couple of years ago when I proposed to her, we were in Florida and I brought my own food, but I didn't end up eating a lot of it. Um, I ate, it. yeah, I ate a lot of like chicken breast, stuff like that out rather than cooking my food. I, I cooked all of it and it just sat because we're going out to eat all the time. So this time around Florida, I'm most likely going to be in prep. I got to talk to my coach about it, figure out what we can do. But um, how do you think that's going to be? 
with us being on a trip and me having to eat annoying chicken AF. and rice and egg whites and all that shit. Annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I complain that it bothers me sometimes, but it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with me. I still get whatever I want. I still get my ice cream. I still get my Starbucks. I still get <laughs> my Chick-fil-A, like yeah. whatever. So it doesn't have a whole lot to do with me, but it is annoying. I think the most annoying part of it is when you have to eat it. Yeah. So it's like every few hours something. So if we're on the beach or if we're out and about and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm hungry. I have to get chicken right now. Yeah. Then that's annoying because it's like, excuse me, we just had food two hours ago. This mm-hmm. is dumb. Every two, three hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part's annoying more than like what you're eating, I would say. It's you're walking around a store and you're complaining that you're hungry. Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm always hungry though. Or can you hurry up because I need to go get some chicken? See, I don't try to hurry you though. I just, I like, know, but I can, can see we... it in your face. Yeah. Because we'll browse also, you hate for TJ like, Max anyways, but we'll browse for like an hour, hour and a half, and I'm like, Okay, I kind of want to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've been making eat. you eat before we go. Yeah. And that gives me a little more time. But yeah. I think that's probably going to be the most annoying thing is when you're eating. But mm. it doesn't really have anything to do with me per se. Mm. Is it embarrassing at all? Um, No, because all of our friends know. And who we're going to the beach with, they know mm-hmm. that you're like this. Mm-hmm. And this is important to you. Yeah. So you get made fun of sometimes. I get teased. Yeah. Really, I get teased. But it's all from love. Yeah. Yeah. It's not malicious. It's all love. <laughs> it's, we're a bunch of beer drinking, chocolate, ice cream, fried food loving <laughs> country people. And here you are with your chicken and rice and a gallon of water. Yeah. So. Eating away. I guess it's, no, but it's not embarrassing at all. And I will say, like, on the home side of things, it's nice not to have to worry about cooking you dinner. Yeah. It is It is a beautiful Never. thing. I, I cook was, you dinner. I was talking to my friends about it, and I'm like, if I want a bowl of cereal for dinner, I can do that because I only have to feed myself. Yeah. I don't have to cook Paul's food. I don't have to make Paul's food. I don't have to worry about what he's eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. I worry about myself. So that's really nice because I hate trying to figure out what to cook for dinner. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I will eat a Hot Pocket and go to bed <laughs> and i couldn't do that mm-hmm. if i was having to worry about what my husband was going to eat yeah i'm not one of those guys either that thinks that you need to cook me meal every night i know but just if i was cooking for myself i would obviously just you cook extra you. for me yeah right but i can make a pot of spaghetti and that lasts me like four days because yeah. i'm the only one eating it so yeah. it's epic so i'd say that's a good side of you eating your own stuff yeah, but then... But mm-hmm. I will say that you were in my chocolate stash. <laughs> Take little bites here and there. Quite <laughs> frequently. Yeah. It's my biggest weakness. Chocolate is my biggest weakness. I will come home and there are fork marks in the ice cream container. And a little, little bite. One bite. But who eats ice cream with a fork? It breaks it up easier. No. When it's frozen in there, it breaks I it up easier. <laughs> a spoon. Like a normal human But being. if it's like frozen and a spoon's dull and it doesn't scoop, so you grab a fork because it's more pointy. So you shouldn't just be eating it all. That's it's just true. It's true. I should, yeah, I should not be having any of it at all, <laughs> ever. But So I don't know what your people think that listen to you, but... <laughs> I've told them that I take bites as, here and there. He's not as strict. 
Yeah, I'll take bites here and there. He is Nothing when it's crazy. really important. Like when he was on keto, he was super that was, strict. That was hard. That I hated. Yeah. I hated that one a lot. That really limited where we could go eat. We were in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and we couldn't we couldn't anywhere. do anything. I didn't even, like I, Thanksgiving we, dinner. Yeah, we had Thanksgiving in December back with my family in Massachusetts and I couldn't even have like anything. No, and we were worried about like what you could eat and we didn't want to like make too many good things because mm-hmm. you couldn't have them and Keto was, I hated that one. Yeah, that's hard. Keto's hard. It's temporary though. I I knew it was going to be temporary. I complained a lot about that one. Yeah. I I mean, it sucked. It was hard. It was hard. Um, And I felt bad. Get down, B. Get down. Um, I felt bad being like that. But with keto, it's not like, it's not like any other meal plan where like if you have an extra gram of carbs or like you have a bite of whatever, it's not the end of the world. With keto, you literally cannot break ketosis. If you do, you start over. And you have to go through four more days, four or five more days of keto flu to get back. So I was not going to break keto flu or keto at all. Um, but also in the way it, it kind of did keep me strict because like I had no choice. Like there was nothing I could possibly have like extra chicken. Sure. Extra steak, whatever. Extra egg whites. Sure. But like any bit of carbs, I could not have anything with carbs in it. Uh, I could not have uh, net carbs, that is. So, like, you know, if it had, like, sugar alcohols, erythritol, stuff like that, I could have it. But, um, like, actual carbs, sugar, you know, grain, whatever it is, I literally could not have it. It was not an option. Uh, I could not break ketosis. Um, And it also weighed on me mentally very heavily, too, because, like, when you're having something like keto, uh, even on top of that, also being like calorie strict too, because we're trying to lose weight. So we ended up breaking the plateau that I was in. Um, but so I had to be relatively caloric strict, strict with what I was eating on top of the carbs. Um, it was very mentally draining because I was also training and doing cardio at the same time. So my energy was just not existent. Um, training was tough because it like keto is, is because you're burning more fat than carbs. You're not burning really carbs anymore. So you're burning what's called ketones, which essentially, if you want to look at it, kind of like the building blocks of fat, um, which we talked about before, but, um, when you're burning fat, it's more of a sustained energy. It's more endurance focused. So with training, especially weightlifting, it's explosive energy and that's where carbs comes in. And that's why you see powerlifters eating like sour, you know, or like uh, gummy candies and stuff that digest very fast because, they need that energy for that explosive energy. Uh, where with keto, it's sustained energy. So it's fine for cardio. It's fine for running, biking, whatever it is. But for training weights, it's like I'll do 10 reps for one set. Then the next set, I'm like good for four reps. Let's, let's say I'm doing rows. I'm good for four reps. And all of a sudden, the fifth rep, I can't even move. It's the weirdest thing. It's not that I can't lift it. It's that my energy is gone for that set. It's just gone. Um, so it's a very weird thing and it did affect us mentally because not only was I strict on carbs, I was strict on everything else. So I couldn't, there's really no food I could enjoy, right? I couldn't have sauces. I couldn't have anything like that. So it was very hard to get through, um, mentally. And there was a period where I was like, tell my coach, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how long I can do this for. Like, this is very, very difficult. Um, 
if we had like a show I was prepping for and I was on keto for the past couple weeks or like the last couple weeks leading up to the show, that's a different story because I have something to aim for. But like we were just trying to lose weight. We're like, let's just see how much weight we can lose or let's just see if we can break this plateau. And that's kind of what the keto was. And it was very hard for me to keep that my eye on the prize because there was no like actual physical thing to aim for. Um, so that weighed on me very heavily mentally. And like you were there for that when, so this is, I got laid off from my job, but January was a very good month for me with my previous job. I did, I did a lot of work for that, for the company I was with and brought in a lot of deals. I was in sales. So I brought in a lot of deals, which took a lot of time to build up. But December, I was really feeling like my head was on a chopping block and it didn't end up happening at the end of January, but that weighed on us heavily. I felt like, you know, I had like like a breakdown that one night. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And that December in December, I forget what day it was. It might have been early January, but it's like the stress just catches up to you. Um, and it's like when you're strict on keto. Anybody who got COVID and, and lost sense of taste or smell, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you can't eat things you enjoy, it it sucks a lot of enjoyment out of life because it, like you don't realize how good food is and how much we enjoy food until you take it away. And, um, with lack of carbs, I was also lacking energy and my favorite foods are all carb based. So I was enjoying, I I wasn't enjoying any of my favorite foods. Um, so that was very difficult and it weighed on us definitely. And the keto was hard, but we finished it. And I remember the relief that I had at least Mm -hmm. when I was like, okay, I'm done. You texted me when I was, at work or called yeah. me or something. I was like, great news. I am done with this bullshit. Yeah. I think it was like that day. He was like, all right, let's do this new plan. And then he added a shit ton of carbs. Like it came out of nowhere. It was like a ton. It was like like 150 grams out of nowhere. So that was great. And now I'm on a carb cycle plan, which is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I know that doesn't really matter to you right now. My, You don't even know what I eat really. I don't. Yeah. I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, I don't. Like is, I support you and I love you and I want you to do great things in life. But I don't, I don't know if it's because this is not like a passion for me. Like I, yeah. it, I've never really cared too much about going to the gym. Sorry, I'm pouring some coffee. And so I listen to you when you talk about it, and mm-hmm. I kind of know what you do. But for the most part, I, I don't. Yeah, and that's fine with me i don't know if it's fine with you but Uh, it doesn't matter to me it changes also pretty often too yeah so So. i don't really ever know what you're on i don't really know what you're eating yeah i knew the keto thing because that changed it was a very big change Mm -hmm. but everything else i just i know you go to the gym i need a bunch of chicken Mm -hmm. and that's fine with me it doesn't really bother me but yeah i don't like, I don't want to say, like, I don't care, but... It doesn't change anything. It doesn't... Yeah. It, it doesn't affect me that much. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you do you, boo. Yeah. You do you. Was it different when, in the past, you were with someone who was dirt biking? Was it... Were you more that on top of it? That was different because that is a strong passion for me. Like, I love that. So for I, those that don't know, her family and herself are all dirt bikers. You were a dirt biker when uh-huh. you were, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and her brother is professional as well. He's a professional racer in GNCC, so he does a lot of woods racing, essentially. Um, and her father's the same way, um, and he works on bikes too. So their whole life evolved around dirt bikes um, growing up. So 
she was involved in that world and the person you were with before me was a racer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's, it's just like if you're dating someone whose whole family is all bodybuilders, like, of course it's going to be different for them when you're with them than somebody who has a different passion. So for, for her, it's, she's with, so (laughs) what's funny is that when her and I met, I'm so far beyond what anybody you've ever been with. Oh yeah. Like as far as like differences, like mm-hmm. I'm from the North. I'm a kind of a city boy. Um, I go to the gym. I don't touch dirt bikes. I was actually, at the time we met, I had a street bike, I had a motorcycle. It's a Kawasaki. So I was a cement rider, not a dirt rider. So like literally exact opposite of everything, of every guy she's ever been with. I don't drink, nothing like that. So very, very different. I don't even like country music. I'm very, I'm very opposite of, a lot of the, you know, dirt bikers you've been now, with. Now, if you want to talk about a problem we have in our relationship. Country music is hard. It's the fact that you don't listen to country Yes, music. I know, I know. We like I said. down that rabbit hole, we yeah, can. Yeah. Anyways, okay, continue. Yeah, I, I respect the talent. You know that. I respect the talent yeah, of but those still, singers. I, I just like, don't enjoy I it. I want to listen to it on But repeat. it's just, the problem that we have is that I am very emotionally attached to my music. So if I don't feel it. Well, some country songs are like that. But a lot of the country music we end up hearing is like, it's not passion. There's no passion. It's not. There is. I don't, I don't feel it. Anyways. Yeah. So it's a different story. Different story. I'm very old soul when it comes to music. My favorite genres are like jazz and blues and stuff. So. Boring. Yeah. But there's a love for (laughs) it. You know, there's a love for it. Um, So when it came to, to racers. It was more time consuming on my end. Yes. This bodybuilding doesn't consume my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be frustrating sometimes, but dirt biking consumed every weekend of my life. Mm-hmm. I had to go. I was driving to Pennsylvania. I was driving to New York. I was driving to Louisiana. It was, it consumed a lot of my time and my money. Mm-hmm. And that was tough. Even. During the weekdays, it was, uh, let's go practice here, and let's go do this on a Tuesday, and we can't do this, it's race season, Mm -hmm. no weddings, no funerals, no birthday parties, no nothing. This bodybuilding is, we can manipulate the schedule a little better Mm -hmm. to where if my godchild is turning two, we can push your weightlifting schedule back a little by four hours and go to a birthday party. I wasn't able to do that with anything else. Mm -hmm. So I also think that's why this doesn't bother me a lot because the last one bothered me. I, Mm -hmm. I didn't, my life was that it was dirt bikes. It was him doing, it was him chasing his dream. This doesn't require a lot of me. Mm -hmm. It just requires me to not bitch about you going to the gym, which I don't do. And me, that's a huge, that that's was a really huge like, red like, flag for me. Like past relationships, they'd ask me to not go to the gym and stuff and you don't. I think I've asked you. Like once. A handful of times in the three and years we've been most together. Most of it's the cardio. That cardio when I was eating after a meal. I that did, was most I, of the time you were like, can you not? Yeah. Go, I want to relax. I missed stuff, you. But yeah. But. That's tough. That was tough. And I've maybe said it a couple of times because like I want to go do something that. But other than that, I don't I really can, say anything. I can see some of the frustration sometimes when I'm like, oh, I just got to hit the gym at some point. Like we get, we're making plans and I'm like, just let me know what we're doing so that I can hit the gym. Yeah. Like, and then like nothing can ever be an all day event. 
And we can do that. Which it, it can be. I just need to know ahead of time. And that's part of the problem is that a lot of people who are around aren't necessarily planners. And also it takes us a long time to drive to our people too. Yeah. So that takes a lot out of the day. Like when we're at my parents, you're like, checking your watch. All right, when are we leaving? Because I got to hit the gym mm-hmm. and that. And I got to roughly know how long I'm going to be there so I can pack the meals accordingly. Right. Yeah. You never pack enough meals, but. Yeah, I end up having whatever. to go hungry for a little while, usually. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And that's some of the frustration. I think, I think one of the biggest things that's the difference with like you being with the racer versus you being with me is that I don't think he, like, it's for what I do. I don't think you'll ever be able to like, it'd be very hard for you to understand. Like, I can't quite explain like what it is to me. You know what I mean? Like, cause like when I'm posing or like you see bodybuilders and stuff, you find it gross or weird that they're posing a certain way and stuff, but it's like, Oh yeah, this is this, this sport is silly to me, I guess. (laughs) But also in that same aspect, like I was talking to my girlfriends this morning at breakfast and my brother just broke his neck mm-hmm. and they were like, why would you ever want to do something like that? That's so dumb. Yeah, it's an occupational hazard. So <laughs> it's, it's just because I don't have a connection to it I, that I think that it's silly, mm-hmm. but dirt biking, a lot of people think it's silly. Why would you want to risk your life? See, I mean, I can understand racing. I watch but, racing and F1 and all that. So right, I can but not everybody's it. like that. Yeah, so, understand it. so I think it's silly, but I also try to remind myself that he thinks some of the things I do is silly. Like I don't get why you like target or TG Maxx. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't make, I, I hope know. you have female listeners so they can chime in and be like, we got about places a, are great. about quarter of our listeners are female. So okay. yeah, I hope they chime in and say she's correct. You need to go with her. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big shopper. I buy everything online really. So that's because your wife buys you everything from the store. Well, yeah. You'll surprise me with the shirts and stuff, but like, and shorts. A lot of stuff I buy is like Amazon. Should we talk about the fact that you're growing out of your clothes like a teenage boy? Yeah. I do grow out of my clothes like crazy. So any female that wants to date. Yeah. That's another problem too, is that, when you're in a relationship, you got to keep, buy- I mean, not even just in a relationship, but like when you're in bodybuilding, you're going to, you got to keep buying clothes. It is a pain. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Like right now, what's happening right now? My waist is shrinking, but, oh, that's you're what's happening right now. Longer pants. Yes. Because your thighs are so big mm-hmm. that it's looking, it makes him look like he has on high waters. Yeah. They pull up, pulls up the pants. And I'm sick of seeing his socks. Yeah. His but, faded black socks. So we, I made him go shopping and I made him try pants on. Yeah. And I upped his size and then you were good. Yeah. You were like, oh, we, these actually fit. I'm so like, I went from a 32 30. So, well, 32 being the waist, which usually you have to wear a belt, but I kind of fluctuate my waist depending on what we're doing. Um, usually I'm, I'm around a 28 or a 30 waist and I like have to kind of wear a belt with my pants. Um, but now I'm a 32, 32, which the 30 was the length of the inseam. Now the inseam is 32 inches. I, we had to go up in the inseam because my, my glutes, quad hams, all of that was pulling up the pants because of gaining size. So that was interesting. A problem that I'm having right now is that my lats and my memory, my rear delts mm-hmm. are growing so fast. I'm, I'm getting stretch marks and I'm starting to stretch out my shirts. 
Um, and we've already upped the size in shirts. I'm a large, but I'm getting to the point where some brands have to buy extra large. But it's so silly because like an extra large will like swallow you whole everywhere else. Yeah. Like it fits your arms, but it doesn't fit anywhere else. Yeah. So it's tough to find things that fit you correctly. And like, I know you love um, Vanquish. Vanquish is good, but they're expensive. And, right. They and well. all your joggers are mediums and they're way too, way too snug. And remember, I bought you the largest. And you're like, you bought me the largest? And you put them on and they fit you perfectly. Yeah. But also, I feel like it's a you thing because you wore a pair of jeans the other day and you were like, or sweatpants. And you said, I just, these are so baggy. And they weren't. They look like regular sweatpants. But or... because they're not suction to your oh, thigh. Oh, it was the red joggers that I wore to the seminar. But it's like, because yeah. you're not, they're not suction to your thigh. Yeah. You think that they look baggy and they don't. Yeah. They look like regular sweatpants. Yeah. Well, we got other issues with the joggers. It's not necessarily how tight they are. That's what I said. They they were snug. It's what they show. And I don't realize it until I take a video and I'm like, I can't fucking post that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's a problem sometimes, but it's... Not if you would up your sizes. Yeah. Anyways, you but you get new pants every winter. You get new shorts every summer. We're constantly changing. I gotta out get new shirts pretty often. The size of the shirts. Yeah, my sweatshirts get. Like small. I know my dad's giving you a lot of old clothes that like are too small for him. Yeah, they fit me right. Yep. Yeah. That is a that is a problem. And I know, like before we got married, you we had to push back getting you size for your tux. Like yeah, the as last close possible to, yeah. second because yeah. we were scared that you weren't going to fit in it mm-hmm. by the time the wedding rolled around. Yeah, I like literally almost to the day waited as long as I possibly could to to get size for my suit for our wedding because if I did it any sooner, like a lot of my friends got size. So our our wedding was in October. Um, three of my my friends who are bachelors or um, groomsmen, not bachelors, Bachelor. groomsmen. Um, they were in my bachelor party. Groomsmen, um, they went and got sized in May uh, when the wedding was in October. And then they picked it up when they were down here. Um, so they knew that they were going to be fine. But for me, if I had measured myself in May, um, what were we doing? Yeah, I would have been swimming in my suit because at the time in May, I was like the heaviest I ever was. You dropped a lot of weight. In yeah, I was like 210 or something. So come to the wedding when you proposed. Well, yeah, I did. But (laughs) in May of the next year, when my friends got sized, if I got sized at the same time, when we got married, I would have been swimming in the suit. Mm -hmm. The measurement would have been off. So I measured it about a month out and I was still kind of worried whether or not I was going to fit it properly because that's how often my size um, all is, is altered because just because my weight might be the same, doesn't necessarily mean my size is, is different, um, or the same. It's if you lose fat and gain muscle, you actually lose overall size because fat is, uh, lighter than, than muscle. So if you lose a pound of fat, uh, you shrink in size versus gaining a pound of muscle. So, um, I was kind of worried going into our wedding, whether or not I was going to fit my suit, but it ended up being fine. I ended up fitting perfectly still. Um, so that was pretty good. But yeah, clothes, clothes can be annoying sometimes. Very. Yeah. I buy you, you get more clothes than I do half the time. Yeah. I mean, you, you shop around TJ Maxx and find me something and grab me a shirt and mm-hmm. pants. And then you're like, oh, these don't fit. I got to return these like for stuff that you buy for yourself, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
or like you don't like it or something you got to return it or something you know yeah you get a lot of stuff your body changes a lot yeah that that does get it that does get annoying um how do you think it's gonna be when i'm like a week or two out from my show this summer to go buy a new wardrobe i guess well i'm saying like like energy wise because i know i'm gonna be like toast for like two weeks no i don't know that it will change us that much i feel like i'm tired 24 7 so (laughs) i don't know that it would change us that much Mm -hmm. i think the thing that's gonna suck the most is if it drains you while we're on vacation i think it'll be fine i'll be i because we don't have a show planned so We'd be so far out. I don't think I'd be really that much less in calories than I am now because yeah. I'm kind of, I'm literally like maintaining right now. I'm like the exact same weight right now the past few weeks. So we don't really need to cut out a little bit or maybe add a little bit of cardio and that'd be it. So, but most likely the training is what's going to suck when we're in Florida, I think, because I'm going to have to plan when I train. Which yeah, I think last to... time you just went early before yeah, everybody I got else early. got up. Yeah, when I get up at like 6.30. Which I mean, it sucks for you, but again, it doesn't have anything to do with me. So yeah. you're back by the time I got up mm-hmm. or I was still asleep. So Yeah, I got to plan ahead. Got to figure out what gym I'm going to. <laughs> and that's also annoying. Like, we're looking at buying a house and he's like, well, we can't buy here because it's too far from a gym. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. And I've told him, I'm like, I don't want to plan the rest of my life around where a gym is at. But so we're working on that. It's hard. It's hard to explain why. Because I've been to good gyms and I've been to shit gyms. And when you have a good gym, you have more resources to make better progress. So if I'm going to a shit gym, or driving super far for a gym, it makes it much more difficult. So that's why I'm like, let's see what's near the area. It does, least. but this is also not something you're going to be doing until you're 90. I know. So I don't want to buy a house just because it's located near a gym. But. That seems very silly. Our first house most likely won't be our forever house. But it might be. I'm just saying. But like we can't even look anywhere else because. Well, you're also working at a physical location now, so we got to look within driving distance. Right. So, I'm just saying. Just another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. That could can be annoying sometimes. If we just move down to But also, Florida. we moved here for a gym that you have- And your work. And you have now swapped gyms four times. Was it four? No. I added Elite. I just now switched for the first time. No. So you were going to two. I was going to Elite and Golds. The Golds that was nearby here. But you couldn't cancel you were, Golds. You were like 10 minutes from work when we moved here. And then I was like 10 minutes from the gym. Anyway, you've been to multiple gyms since we moved here. Yeah, I was going to Elite for a bit. And then I canceled that. And then I started going to swap between Lake Norman and the Huntersville Golds. And then... I stopped that. Now I'm going to Megaflex. Well, Megaflex. My point is, like is that we moved up here with you going to one gym, and we are mm-hmm. now not going to that gym anymore, and we are on our third gym. But take this into account: the gym I go to now just opened in June. Whatever. So it wasn't here before, and I wouldn't have gone started going there if we lived up here, mm-hmm. or we didn't live up here. I wouldn't have started going there. I only go there because we're here. 
So something to okay. keep in mind. Okay. But yeah, so that's also is that's also a problem is that we got to kind of plan the relatively plan the future around where Jim is located geographically to us. As long as it's within like a half hour drive, I think I'll be cool. But that's my like one requirement of a good gym that is. Yeah, see, I just want a nice house to raise a family in. Yeah. And your requirement is. That's my one thing. Is How just, far is the gym? It's just uh, within a half hour of a good gym. And if we move north of here, we're fine. Okay. That's that's all. And we'll be within driving distance of your work. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that'll be, it'll be interesting when we go to actually buy a house this time next year. Yep. Got to find the right one. So that'll be a task, but, um, as far as anything else, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I think you kind of covered a little bit of everything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, ultimately I mean, we can, we make it work. And I think really the biggest thing is it's not even like you, like you don't participate in it with me. So it's not about me sharing it with you. It's about me just getting support from you. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest You would thing. love to share it with me and I don't want to do I that. I mean, yes and no. I mean, if you <laughs> like, we don't have to, like, I would like to be in the same gym as you. Like if you were doing your thing and I was doing my thing. Parallel be nice. play. Yeah. Like you, like we're both exercising mm-hmm. at the same time. That would be nice, but I'm not going to I also do like, I don't want to do. People have asked like how I feel about you playing video games. And this kind of goes in with that. I'm like, I love my knee time. Yeah. I love being able to sit on the couch and watch what I want to watch with no guilt. Mm-hmm. So go to the gym. That's great. Mm-hmm. I can take a nap in silence. You usually sleep when I'm at the gym. I can watch a show. I can go to TG Maxx by myself. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice having that me time. Yeah. But I also think it's all in who you find. Yeah. Because not everybody's going to love me time and not everybody's going to want to fit their schedule around the gym. Mm-hmm. It's all on who, yeah. you, who you find. That's kind of the gist of this whole thing is just mm-hmm. finding the right person. Because if you find the wrong person, it's not going to work. And obviously that's happened for me in the past. So, But it also has a lot to do with you. You make sure that when you come home from the gym, you ask me if you can cook me dinner. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to make one of my rest dates on the weekend so that we can spend a whole day together. Mm-hmm. But it also has a lot to do with you as well. Kind of through the podcast wrench in there on Sundays. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. But it it gives me an outlet. So I'm not talking your ear off because I was talking your ear off. You still talk my ear off. But not about the gym as much. (laughs) The gym, I I save a lot of the gym stuff for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's not as bad as it was. Yeah. And again, it doesn't bother me. I get to watch what I want on TV. Yeah. But um, yeah. So ultimately at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to finding the right person who supports what you do and supports your, your bodybuilding journey, I guess. And especially like the big, the biggest thing, cause like the training and food that just comes down to communication. But I think when you're with someone, um, I think one of the biggest things to, especially if you're going to be aiming for pro or aiming to really be, um, a competitor, uh, like me is that, uh, you need to be with someone who's okay with anabolics. Uh, cause not everybody is, um, you know, you tease me about, you know, shooting up my ass mm-hmm. and whatnot, but, um, I don't think everybody would be okay with that because essentially, I mean, it is illegal essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, not that everybody, anybody would ever come after me, but, um, we hope, 
I mean, really? <laughs> Me versus like a heroin user? Like, who's the real problem here? Mm. I'm only putting myself at risk, not anybody else. Mm -hmm. So um, you got to find someone who's okay with that if that's a plan for you. If it's already in your life, I mean, I don't recommend it to anybody. But if it's something that you plan on doing or something that's already in your life, then you got to set those expectations properly. Um, you know, you don't want to um, be like, oh, I'm just kind of like in the gym a little bit here and there. And then all of a sudden they're spending the night and you're like, they find you shooting up tests in your Dell or something. And you're like, what, what's the, the hell? Yeah. What the hell's going on? <laughs> like, uh, my dad's a cop. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is illegal. Like, I'm not going to be around this. Um, so I think that that kind of, you kind of need to set those expectations properly. And, um, I kind of set that in the beginning. Uh, I was like, look, this is my plan. You know, um, I plan on, make it pro one day. It's just something I want to do. It does take time out of the day. It, it is inherently selfish because it is about me. It is very vain. Um, it's all about how I look. So um, very vain. Yeah. Very vain. Uh, it's all about how I look. Um, and there are things that come kind of attached to that, you know, body dysmorphia, stuff like that. Never being happy with how I look is kind of part of that. And, um, you kind of hear some sides of things like, you know, from that, regardless of, of how I look, um, you know, if I have visible abs, I'll still feel like I'm, I'm fat, you know, there's more I can lose, there's better I can get. So, you know, with the fuzzies, <laughs> you missed it. Um, so, you know, that kind of comes attached to it. So I think if you set the expectations properly, making sure that you guys communicate, uh, and make sure that, you know, they, that she knows, he knows whoever it is that, um, it's not against anybody else. And this is something that you need to do for yourself. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's, I can never fully explain what it feels like and what it's like to do this because it's just, it's a passion of mine. And, uh, you can't really ever fully explain, explain a passion properly to someone who doesn't share the same passion as you. Mm, I agree. Um, so it's just comes down to support and being there for it. And, you know, being the loudest one in the crowd when I am competing, uh, I have that's, no problem with that. Yeah, so that would be that would be great. So, but again, I want to say it is also on you to make sure that I feel like I'm enough of a priority of course, as well. Of course, that's my goal. So, as much as you want to try and find the right person, mm -hmm. it's still fifty percent of that weighs back on you. Yeah, and what you're doing to make it work. Yeah, it's not all on. All oh, this person doesn't support me. Well, what are you doing mm -hmm. to make sure that? she feels or he feels that support and that love when you are there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And you know how I am. I can't, it's not on just me to support you. You mm -hmm. also have to hold up your end of the bargain. Yeah. And, yes. and you do that. 100%. So I don't have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this whole, like with social media now, there's this whole like thing with, with guys in the gym. It's like the giga chat kind of shit. And like, like Patrick Bateman stuff where it's like they like she has to like cater to me and that's not the reality you know it's it's a hundred percent effort from both sides uh you know she supports me but I support her and I show her the love for supporting me you know so it's it goes both ways um and if there's something that she wants to do I'm I'm, I'm all for it so it's you know you're not the only one in a relationship so this is just one you know, bodybuilding is just one facet of something that we both need to work together um, to support. And if there's anything that 
you know, she needs both of us to support for her, then I'm all for it because you do it for me. So I just think that the toughest thing is we, we keep pushing off shows and we haven't seen the full mm-hmm. like actual result of all this effort I've put in yet. But I think that this is the year that it will show that and make it pro one day, hopefully soon will um, really be the pinnacle of like, okay, I can, I understand now why he's right. putting in all this effort and everything. And, you know, hopefully one day, you know, working to the point where it could pay for itself, you know, because the financial side of things does weigh heavily on us, but mm-hmm. we get to the point where bodybuilding pays for itself, you know, through endorsements or whatever. If I can get to that point, that'd be amazing. So make things easier, but time will tell effort will tell. And, um, the plan will going forward, uh, the plan for me, hopefully competing nationally this year. And if I place top two, then that means a pro card and, that's my that's my first step. I mean, really losing the baby fat and the stubborn fat is my biggest goal right now. But getting to that pro card is what I've been working towards the past couple of years. So um, with that being said, thank you, sweetie, for joining. Uh, it's good to uh, have this episode. I think it was a good one. I, I can't believe I didn't think of it before. But um, I told you before. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So Christoph's cooler than me. Well, whenever Christoph can join, we do the Christoph <laughs> and Paul thing, but we have occasional solo sessions here. Um, but, you know, future episodes will have you on, you know, if you got something to contribute. Fun to say. Yeah. Not a whole lot. <laughs> can use your brain. Um, but with that being said, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, tune in next week. We should be back with Christoph next week. Um, get this posted sometime today. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later on. Bye. Yeah.